As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 344, and today we're going to be doing a couple of movies that were in the late 80s, and one, well, one movie in the late 80s, and one movie in the early 90s, both of which are supposed to be funny, (laughs) and might not be the type of humor that you like or not, we'll see, but one of them is My Demon Lover from 1987, and the other is The Vagrant from 1992. That is correct, so you win a gold star, here you go. Oh, it feels like I'm at my job. (laughs) Wow, Jesus. Help me. Can I have a pizza party? Help me. (laughs) Anyway, so we just picked these on a kind of a whim. These are ones that have been in our back pocket for a while that we've been thinking about doing. We sat down one week, like about a month or two ago, and we're like watching through all these different fucking trailers and stuff because I sat down, Christina, I was like, what do you think of these? So, yeah, we have just a couple of weeks left before we do Voidtober. So we've got those these movies picked out for us. Christina and I sat down and did the entire catalog for Voidtober. And it's a good catalog. And there's five weeks. That's right. Yeah, we got five weeks. So we got five episodes, five episodes. So there's going to be four weeks with two reviews each. And then the final week, which is on Halloween Day. It is. Is one movie so we're so one ultimate episode of halloween yeah that's gonna be the the super flavor of the halloween (laughs) (laughs) or something like pumpkin spice flavor yes yes exactly oh god (laughs) i've been seeing so many people it's like every time the season comes all you ever hear is people just getting mad about pumpkin spice or like or loving it you know what i mean it's like two sides of the fucking there's no no in between right like if you like it, you're a piece of shit, and if you don't, if you don't like it, you're a piece of shit. That's so. right. <laughs> you did get the pumpkin spice coffee though, which I just was not. I'm not into it. Oh, I got yeah at the store. I got the, the bottled. Brew. I got the bottled almond milk spice. Yeah, we've been doing latte. almond milk. We're we're not even soy boys. We're uh, almond oat milk. I'm an almond boy. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Island boy. These are those kids i always mention that you'd forget who they are they had like the spiky hair that got it they got caught for sucking each other off doing uh, i have no idea what you're talking about there's two brothers and i completely just lost interest <laughs> two so brothers nobody cares can i please just finish what i'm saying so, okay thanks 
So there's two boys. They're called Island Boys. They're from like Hawaii or something like that. And they 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 did a video on like TikTok or something like that. They got majorly famous. And they were like, "I'm an Island Boy." Fast forward years later, they've been kind of like the the famous influencer people who just always have like drama going on. And I guess they had a OnlyFans where they were like doing sexual stuff to each other. Okay. <laughs> Which I, I'm pretty sure is illegal, but you know, it, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's why we call ourselves almond boys. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Voidtober is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about that. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff on YouTube. Christina knows this week I did a fuck ton of you did content. a lot. We did. I did TikTok videos. Yeah, I, you did. I did. Uh, I'm trying to get more used to that. By the way, I'm trying to do like a like a video or two a day or something, you know? Right. Because I'm terrible at fucking social media, man. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I just don't have time for you, you it. You don't keep up with it. Like, that well, should be, like, the main priority. It's like sometimes I have the time to put social media up, but I can't just go scrolling through it for hours at a time and liking everybody's stuff, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I can't, like, I don't have that time to do that. Right. So then it punishes me. It's like, oh, you've created something, but you haven't given back to the community. You're a piece of shit. It's like, I don't have time. Don't punish me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, speaking of which, we got five new reviews up on YouTube. YouTube is not happy with me. I did too much. I broke their algorithm. What reviews did you do? Um, Ghoulies. Ghoulies 2. Uh, oh, because the discs just came out on yeah. MVD. Bloodflower, I did. Uh, That's on Shutter. Venice, Ven Venicia Frenia, which is new. Uh, Alex de la Iglesia film, who did uh, the Last Circus, I love. Mm -hmm. And then I also did a review of the guy who did Record, the right. director of Record with a new movie called Venus, Venus which I was really fond of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are all up, so you can check those out. During the month of Voidtober, I'll be doing some random stuff. I'm not sure what I want to do. I don't want to like commit to anything. I just want to leave it open because there's a lot we're going to be doing for Voidtober, and I want to have a little bit of freedom. So YouTube's going to be kind of like, you're just going to want to keep an eye out on YouTube for some of the reviews there. Just random stuff? Yeah, like I might do like a top three or like a, you know, some so bad it's good films that you should check out. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, here's my favorite you know, VHS uh, franchise anthology order, or, mm -hmm. you know, I've got all these different ideas that I want to do. I want to do some old movies because I realized people didn't realize what Dead Alive was to me on one of the videos that I did. Really? Yeah. Cause one of the, uh, one of those, you know, when I do the, 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 I bought all, we bought all these things. Yeah. I basically put that DVD that you got at the store and the I was going to, yeah. yeah, you got it. Well, you got the library for a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I should just not put this in. Everybody knows what this is. And I was like, I'll just keep it in. I'll just mention it shortly. And I said, this is one of my favorite movies. And people are like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, you're, we're old now. Well, and I realize I do a lot more new stuff on the pod or yeah. the uh, YouTubes yeah. than we do on the podcast. So exactly. I'm trying to like, I don't know, maybe try to influence people to watch older movies that I love. Right. And do new movies and stuff. We got a new VHS coming out on Halloween. We've got, there's a ton of fucking shows that are coming out, including we got the new movie that's oh, coming pet, out. The Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. That's right. We got Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. What'd you think of the trailer of that? It Honestly. Was, uh, it, uh, nothing special. I. It's weird. It's nice to see David Duchovny. I think it's going to be bloody. Oh, we'll see. 
Yeah, David Duchovny. Or, yeah, he's uh, doing his X Files thing. I can't remember. We liked the remake, didn't we? It's been so we long. We liked the remake, remember. but not like a lot. It was like a seven or a seven and a half out of ten for because us because it kind of looked like the remake. Like it had the masks. Like right. they were wearing masks. There's no doubt that the remake was very different, which I appreciated. But the the the, the kid scene was lost in it. Mm-hmm. That was like the worst part of it. Where he, where, oh, where Gabe they, is in Gabe. They switch the kids? No, when the, the truck, the truck scene. I'll just oh. say that. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it. It's just a terrible scene. I don't remember. But the end of that movie was fucking dope. And that girl who was an actress in this movie, in, in the remake, I thought did a really good job. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't like her, but I did. So. Right. But I didn't think it was like amazing. Right. I just liked it. It was just. It's different take. I love bad endings too. Yeah. Those are oh, yeah, that fucking was a great. Ba- that was a bad ending. And it was a great bad ending, too. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. I thought it looked pretty decent. I don't know. I'm not, I didn't really see anything that blew me away, but I'm definitely down to check it out because I've always wanted to know about Judd and like what his. Don't the, go down that road. Yeah, his don't go down that road don't started. Don't go down that road. Yeah, this is pre don't go down that road because he didn't know why you shouldn't go down that road just yet. So we're, we're going to figure out why you don't go down that road. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to finding out why. Don't go down that road. There you go. <laughs> no, you don't go down that road. Okay, we got it. <laughs> I can't remember how he does it now. Well, say the ball. No, <laughs> that's, that's not it. I know, I can't get that's, it. You almost like swallowed your tongue. <laughs> you don't go down that road. No, it's not it. I can't do it anymore. Not, I no, do it usually pretty not. good, you right? Do, you do. You lost it. No, you I, lost, I lost it. it. It's okay. Anyway, it's supposed to be a prequel. And isn't John Carpenter coming out with something? Yeah, he's got the uh, John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, which is, I'm not really sure. It's a six-part miniseries. Oh, it's a miniseries. Yeah, I don't know if it's an anthology or... What's, uh, nobody what, knows yet. What network is that on? Streaming Peacock. On? Peacock is oh, coming out okay. streaming. Oh, because that's for so, Halloween. So Pet Cemetery Bloodlines comes out on October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. And then we got John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, which is a mini series that we have no idea what it's about yet. There's some rumors that it's not so great, not his best work, at least. He does direct in it, but there are other directors that are going to be doing it. I didn't recognize any names up front. That's going to be on Peacock on October 13th. Which is Taylor Swift Day. <laughs> oh, God. The kid, yeah, I yeah. think I think people might might skip that one for, the, for a lot of I'm people. I'm not. <laughs> We also got, and I mentioned we got VHS 85 or 84 or something like that's coming out. Yeah. On Shutter, which I'm super fucking stoked about. VHS 85, that's what it is. Oh. It's also on October 6th, so we got, yeah, there's going to be a lot of shit to do that you're, week. You're going to, you're, yeah, you're going to be locked in the house. What day is October 6th? Jesus like Christ. A, oh, it should be the week before, so it should be a Thursday or Friday. It's a Friday. Yeah. Fuck. God damn it, dude. That's terrible. That's going to be a lot of work that day. So we're going to have to get the podcast episodes or movies done before that before that day cuz I'm going to have to wake up or or start at night the night before mm-hmm. watch one of them. But anyway, yeah. So but yeah, I'm a fan of the VHS uh franchise. I know a lot of people have really kind of like been very critical on it since it went to shutter and everything like that. And I am one of the defenders of it. And I've probably mentioned this before. I know I have in my videos People are expecting like creep show 
to yeah. come out of every single anthology. Right. And that's like putting $7 million per episode. Right. That doesn't happen. It okay? doesn't. Not for anthologies. Okay. Maybe something like, you know, Fear the, Wa- or Fear the Walking Dead or, you know, The Walking Dead or stuff like that that's proven itself. But anthologies, typically it's going to be small amount of money. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. We, if we're going to give you any money at all, you're probably going to end up spending your own money just to make it better. Right. And you're going to have to pull a ton of favors from people that you know just to make it out. It's pretty much like a demo reel for some people, you okay. know, so that they can do feature films a lot of times. Right. And it's really to do it, to, in my opinion, to be the spirit of horror, which is, you know, like, first of all, Halloween was made on nothing. You know what I mean? And it's a low independent film right but look what they did with it exactly so it's really just kind of an exercise for a lot of people so i'm really looking forward to it and i think i might do that that top vhs series oh, on you youtube and like that's a good idea your, i might have to watch them segments yeah watch them in a row and like because i have them all now right how many is there now with the new one coming oh, out was that like four or you had five? to put me on the spot with that <laughs> is it four or five well there's VHS one, two, then they have the virus, which nobody liked. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Then there's like two or three more, I think. And then there's the 85. So I think there's one, six. two, three, four. Because they did it on that, that, that platform that died after a month. Remember Quibi? Cause they did some on the Quibi that have been lost. Oh, but I don't think that counts. Yeah. So this will be the fifth one. So I guess you're right. Thank you. I am. Wait, did they put a virus on here? Oh, viral, yeah. Viral. This is the one that a so lot of... 2013, 2014, 2021, 2022, 2023. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to it, and we got uh, we even have some creep show t- uh, series coming up again, too. So, mm-hmm. I, it looks like they got a little bit more money behind it in this one, too. So Well, that's good. Maybe that'll make more people happy. I don't know. What do you guys think about anthologies? I would love to hear. But, uh, yeah, I think it might be that time, Christina. Oh, what time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so we decided to pick my demon lover for this week's horror shot. And uh, we didn't really know what we were going to do, but, you know... We are pretty fond of different flavors and strong alcohols. Those 99? Yeah, 99. It's always 99. I swear to God, those motherfuckers need to fucking... They need to... I'm going to write them again. I'm going to write them again. They're not going to. They don't sponsor anybody. I don't care. They don't need sponsors because they're amazing. No, they're not amazing until we promote them. So We're promoting them right now. Yeah, well, uh, not paid. So this is shitty alcohol, guys, and it's not really good. (laughs) (laughs) It's all we could afford. So anyway, we decided to take 99 pineapple, 99 peaches, and we put in a quarter of a shot because, you know, obviously it's like twice as much or three times as much almost. So it's pretty much a full shot when you do a half a shot. So we did a quarter of pineapple, 99 pineapples, and we did a quarter of 99 peaches, and then we poured in bubbly grapefruit seltzer over top of it to the top so it filled up halfway and then the other half with the seltzer okay let's go and this is called hold on you don't even know what the (laughs) fucking name is what's the name it's from the movie my demon lover which in the movie the guy is a pizatsky okay i'm not going to explain what that is because 
They don't really explain it that well. <laughs> but also, a Pazatsky in the movie, he eats a fruit burger. So I thought, oh, maybe we should pick some fruits that we should put in this because that's a big scene in the movie that he eats a fruit burger because she's a health nut. Mm-hmm. So to a Pazatsky, a.k.a. fruit burger. Fruit burger. Woo! Ooh, that's a interesting flavor. That is dandy. You liked it? I did. It's the only alcohol I get. It's crazy how strong that shit is still. <laughs> With just half. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It is. God damn, dude. But I think it all went well together. So if you guys want to try it, you can check out the recipe online. You can go to longlivethevoid.com. Check out our hashtag horror shot section now and try a Pazanski, a.k.a. fruit burger for you or a loved one. <laughs> but that, but that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of My Demon Lover from 1987 and The Vagrant from 1992. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Hey guys, so Christina did the work on this. Where can you watch My Demon Lover, Christina? You can rent it on pretty much any platform for $2.99. Or you can pick it up from Screen Factory. It just came out about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did it? On Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, so if you're okay, interested you in picking it up, this is one of those like 80s films. We'll talk about it right now. Well, My Demon Lover was released April 24th, 1987. It's about a homeless street musician Becomes a demon when sexually aroused. <gasps> Taglines. A monstrously funny romance. I don't know about that. Uh, how about falling in love can be very scary. Mm, sounds close. Okay, last one. He brought out the best in her. She brought out the beast in him. Oh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so stupid. <Sorry. laughs> um, this was directed by Charlie Leventhal. Uh, he did Meat Market from 2004. He did The First Time from 1981. And he did Mr. Right from 1994. As in write a poem. Yeah. Mr. Right. W-R-I-T-E. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. This is funny because we thought this was written by a man. No, it is written by Leslie Ray. Mm. She is also in the movie as a leggy, a leggy redhead. In That's, the film. Yeah, huh? in the film. But she is mostly a writer and wrote for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, Hearts of Fire. Uh, she also wrote for The Waynes Brothers and Full House. Okay, so I can see where that... The, kind of humor. That humor, yeah, yeah, where it's like they have canned humor. This might have been funnier. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Leslie. We love you. <laughs> All right. This stars uh, Scott Valentine, who plays Kaz the Demon. Mm-hmm. He played Nick in the show Family Ties. That's right. He was Mallory's boyfriend. Right. Uh, he was also in To Sleep With a Vampire from 1992. He was in Connoisseurs 3, Primal oh, Species. Oh, shit. You gotta be fucking 96. Me. And he was in The Unborn 2. Oh, even better, dude. That's one of the best. So bad it's good, dude. That's where they fucking elbow a baby in the head, dude. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Dude, that's an unforgettable scene, man. I love that. <laughs> Uh, we also have uh, Michelle Little, who plays Denny, uh, was in Ap- Apollo 13, Sweet Revenge from 87, 
was credited as additional crew on Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah, I saw that. It was weird. She yeah, just, I like, that's her too. only additional crew yeah. thing that she did. Maybe she was actually in it and got cut. I don't know. Yeah, they were like, here, can you just, uh, you know. Stand here. Yeah. <laughs> or no. Hand out some pie. She probably did, like, craft services or something weird or just help lay cable or, you know, yeah, who something. knows. Uh, Robert Trebor plays Charles. He was in The Devil's Rejects as Marty Walker. Mm -hmm. He was also in The Shadow from 1994, the one with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. He was in 52 Pickup from 86, Hercules, The Legendary Journey. I remember him in that show. Yeah. He was like the shifty guy that was always kind of like trying to throw money around and change people's plans. He was like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, We also have Gina Gallego, who plays Sonia, was Mm -hmm. in Mr. Deeds, was in Aaron Brockovich, and Minority Report. Minority, Minority Report. We also have Alan Fudge, who plays Phil Janis. He was in Man from Atlantis from 1977. I have no idea how to say that. Uh, me either. I'm going to skip it. Eshied from 1979. Paper Dolls from 84 and Bodies of Evidence from 1992. We also have Lynn Shay in this movie because her husband produced it. and she, Bob Shea. Yep. She plays a waitress. I couldn't find a budget on this movie, but... It grossed $3.9 million. That's crazy. And opening weekend, it made $1.8 million. That's crazy. Is it? I don't know. I mean, 19... I'm surprised it made that much. 92? To be honest, yeah. I'm definitely surprised it made that much. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of this film, Alex? Uh, You know, it's a, it's a cult film. It's one of those films that you look on the shelf and you go, oh my God, they made this? I never watched this. Let's check it out. You know, if there were mm-hmm. video store rental places today, mm-hmm. this would be one of those movies you'd see and be like, oh, I got to watch that. One of those romantic sort of, you know, comedies that twist things mm-hmm. like Teen Wolf or, you know, one of the, they always try to mix something in like the Invisible Kid or something or, you know, uh, Zap or I don't know. There was like all these like, like kind of like romance comedies that they always tried to mix up in the 80s mm-hmm. and in, Money is, Pit. No, Money Pit's not one of them. They're like more zany. They're just like super stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but you know, they were just, they weren't sleazy. They were just kind of that, just that extra nudge in the, oh. the mainstream, but not as mainstream. But you know, I'm surprised it did this well. Um, I didn't think it was terrible. Like it's a little splotchy and the comedy is definitely not that good. Right. Um, it is <laughs> like, there's things that are funny about it, in the so bad it's good way more than it is actually funny. There are a couple of funny lines that they do in the movie. There are some pretty cool practical effects and makeup that they do in this movie, which I applaud and I enjoyed. I think that's probably one of the best things about this film Mm -hmm. is that they do pretty cool, like creature defects and stuff like that. Like on the level of like the TV show monsters or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not great. Um, the, if you hate love stories, you're going to hate this movie because, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, by the way, because nobody falls in love this way. Essentially about a girl who is literally getting walked on by every boyfriend that she's ever had because she's not real picky. And uh, it takes someone who's not so picky to fall in love with a demon. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And so this guy is kind of abhorrent and kind of like a piece of shit. He like practically hand rapes people. 
in every scene. But, you know, it's the 80s. So, you know, this is how men wrote stories or women wrote stories. Even, you know, even if you were female back then, because it was always like didn't make sense. That's the way things were. Yeah. Like when I watch these like romance ones, like Mannequin is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Uh, That movie is one of those movies that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, you know, but they fall in love so quick, you know. Uh-huh. First, it's not going well, and then they have a montage where things go well, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're in love. <laughs> and that's how how easy it is in the 80s, especially for this girl named Denny. I thought the movie is actually, it looks like a really good 80s movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it has the budget, I think, to have been a bigger budget comedy, you know, from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so I liked it in that regard. I think it has like a good soundtrack and stuff. Like they have this one song by, uh, it's a band called Intimate Strangers that I really liked in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that really kind of level made this like a higher level of a movie mm-hmm. than it really was. Right. The, you know, I don't even remember Intimate Strangers when I was a kid as far as like the band, but the song sounds like something from who's Sting Men at Work. Oh, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It has that vibe about it. Totally. But like totally 80s. So Totally 80s. I don't know. Some of the humor in this just really kind of missed me. And it's just kind of like, why is this happening? Like, why are these things happening? But I guess, you know, in order to fall in love with a demon, you really kind of have to like set expectations aside and just kind of go with (laughs) go with it okay i mean like essentially this guy changes into monsters when he gets horny and she falls in love with that guy so i mean like it's it's one of those beauties only skin deep you know kind of stories but like on a wilder stupid more stupid level (laughs) Uh, but i don't know i i just i felt like it was fun to watch but nothing i laughed out loud about at it or with it you know it was just kind of like oh that's cool and then they do some like there's one part in the movie that is like this chain of like special effects that they do that i thought was really cool Mm -hmm. the end was kind of disappointing and the the comedy for the the bad guy was really stupid and uh it kind of makes sense in the 80s way like that that would be the guy because you don't know who the the bad guy is in this movie and they're, you know, it's one of those kind of things. Right. It's like a mystery. Because there's a killer going around killing people while this guy's falling in love. And he changes into monsters. So is it him? So. Stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's like low on the rewatch list. But it is, if you're a cult fan and you like to collect cult movies and stuff like that, it's one that I think you should see. Would you buy it? I would buy it on a cult basis, yes. Uh-huh. Do I love it? No. Right. You know, it's one of those so bad it's good um, I can't believe they made this movie kind of things. Right. You know, it's very low on the comedy score. Like, it's right. it's, it's not bad. funny. I mean, some it's people. It's not even as big funny. Some people might like it. But yeah, no, again, it's just interesting to watch in some way. Uh, it's very tropic and very silly. I don't know. I would probably give it like a 4.5 mm-hmm. out of 10. Mm-hmm. But I still liked it. You know, because they do things in it that I'm like, oh, that would, you know, like if I saw a trailer with just that part in it, I would instantly want to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. But it's not filled to the brim with those moments. It's filled to the brim with a lot of ridiculousness and dialogue and love. And eh, I don't know. Right. It's just okay. Mm -hmm. I might be being a little harsh on it, but trust me, it's just, it's not, nothing stands out. Nothing really, truly stands out with it. What about you? Well, it says it's a horror comedy, 
but I think it's a documentary about men. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I think. Here we go. And it's like, <laughs> it's like really, I, I, it's terrible. The humor is just terrible. It's horror. Like it's, yeah. it's so cringy. And the actor who's playing this demon is so fucking annoying. Like, and it's just not landing like for me at all. Yeah, the main character is a little annoying. He is. I did like how when he turned into a demon, he turned into different demons. So it wasn't like the same right. demon. See, that's something that was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, and and they used they the, the special effects. They used practical effects. So it was cool that he was different every single time. But it does have a classic 80s vibe. But it's just a very like trivial movie that it didn't age well. Yeah, maybe. And, I've never heard of this movie before. I've known about it for a long time. Okay, I haven't, so I see why. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was more of like a, it was trying to be more of like a romantic comedy with a few horror elements. Right. A- and the, the kill, there were a few good kill scenes where uh, like someone gets crushed, you know, that was pretty cool. Right. You know, but other than that, it was just lackluster and just really cringy. It reminded me of like Drop Dead fred horror but but it's worse than that i like drop dead fred i I mean drop dead fred's okay but it is annoying to me so this is like a lot of people say that yeah yeah but this is like that that annoying type of humor but it's like worse there's something endearing about drop dead fred to me yeah, yeah. You know, like no, by the end of the movie, it's kind of sentimental. Yeah, no, I and this I had get that. none of that. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. But it, I was just like comparing the humor, right? Because like, some uh, some of the humor in Drop Dead Fred was just like, oh, fucking annoying to me. But that's what this movie was. All, like, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. At all. But I would give it a four out of ten too, just because of those few kill scenes that I did like the 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 different demons. Yeah, that I agree. Was so. Yeah. What did you think of Denny? By the way, the girl. Did you like her? Whatever. I thought she was a good '80s star. Uh, she was fine. Like it, whatever anybody could have played. Like that. she was cute. He was kind of weird. I didn't. He was like, annoying. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. But I guess he kind of has to be a little sleazy. Like that's where it lost me. Is but that- he looks so young. Like if they had like an older, ugly man, you know what I mean, or an older, unattractive male. Oh, it might made more. It sense. might have made more sense. But they had he. He looked fourteen. Well, I guess they wanted to have that balance, you know, where he's like kind of a monster, but kind of not so that they could kind of play with the, the viewer is what they were thinking, you know, but this isn't like a know. fucking Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's fucking. <laughs> right. I don't know. Anyway. So what did you say? Four out of 10. So we got a 4.25 out of 10 between the two of us. That's the math. Only if you're a cult fan and love the 80s would I say I'd recommend this. If you're not fond of the 80s, stay away, because I don't think there's going to be anything that you would find other than the practical effects that might. Yeah, be appealing. Right. But you can just watch clips on YouTube, you know. Right. So, yeah. So 4.25 on a BTV scale. Um, You can pick it up, like we said, from Scream Factory on Blu-ray. I think it's like 20 bucks. And then it's for rent for like two bucks, I think. Right. So and it is the one twenty seven one hour and twenty seven minute cut. Apparently there might be a ninety minute cut with the 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 uh, Scream Factory, but I'm not. I haven't confirmed that. I tried to ask and find out, but couldn't find out. Mm-hmm. It says ninety minutes on the back of the uh, Blu-ray, but I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Seems kind of weird that it wouldn't be like a second or two over, or you know, they wouldn't just write out one minute twenty nine seconds or something. So I I don't know, but. 
we do have some trivia on this. Not very much. <laughs> um, actually, we did most of it in the beginning anyway. So, yeah, the only thing that we really have is just some of our thoughts on some of the scenes. So if you don't want anything spoiled and you want to check it out, go ahead and check it out first and come back to us. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. I tried to watch some stuff behind the scenes on this. There's um, a, a podcast called How Did This Get Made? Oh, I love that podcast. And that's with Paul Shear, right? Yeah, it's fu- they're fucking hilarious. Right. They loved this movie, dude. They loved they this movie. But they're in the industry. They were like talking about the reason that they, they probably liked it is that it was like the perfect, he said it was the perfect shot for when everybody was trapped in their homes and they couldn't go out very much. Oh, that's right. When we were yeah. all on lockdown. Exactly. God. So they thought it was fun, and I was not. A, I wish it would have been as fun to me, but they were probably high as fuck. Let's be honest. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and I pro- we probably should have fucking ate an edible before watching this, and maybe you should too if you're gonna check it out. Maybe we're being a little harsh on it. Maybe if we watch it as an edible, we'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> I love the opening scene of the movie. Like I said, I love the fucking song that starts it when, off. When the boyfriend starts beating the <laughs> the boy, the the boyfriend chases the girlfriend. I don't and, remember and that. And steals her stuff. He didn't chase her anywhere. What are you talking about? The the beginning of the movie is her walking down, down the street, the street with yeah. groceries before the, the before she even talks to her boyfriend. I like this movie. Oh, is what I'm saying. Okay, she goes walking down the street through New York City in the middle of fucking the 80s, which it looks awesome, and it looks like they didn't really like have a bunch of extras and stuff. They just shot it. We're on the street. Yeah, because you could see people like looking at the camera. I watched this movie twice. It looked like Carrie Bradshaw's apartment. Yeah. It really did. But just the street of New York, seeing the street of New York back in that day, mm-hmm. reminded me of so many different things that I watched. And it was like totally 80s in that respect. And I just loved it in that respect because I was like, oh, this is, this might be a good movie. This is like one of those, I don't know, why did I not see this? Why was this not, you know? <laughs> and then you kept watching it that you're like, oh. Yeah, it kind of slowly dissipated after this that. sucks. So one of the first scenes we get is her walking down the street. She feeds a dog. There's like a, I, did you see the guy jumping over the like parking meters? There's like no. a guy jumping over the parking meters. No. I was like, is he just trying to get in the scene? <laughs> but, uh, you know, because it's like a low budget film. So they're like any any screen time they can get. They're like going to try to do it. Mm-hmm. But like she goes to her apartment and like her boyfriend's like stealing shit out of her house and like putting it in the back of a van. Right. Hey, that's my TV. And she's like, we're going to have to break up after this. Oh, this is too far. Like Then right. also to come come to find out it was her birthday. Right. A girl, her best friend, who's a psychic, by the way, Sonia. Didn't see any any of this coming. Yeah, she said it only happens sometimes, though. That's her. <laughs> right. Th- when, they, when they talk about it, they say it. Uh, but she goes inside and she's like, oh, he did all this because you didn't want to have a big party for his birthday. And she's like, no, it was my birthday. <laughs> and, and then like, you're like, oh, oh that's kind of sad. Yeah. Like, damn, dude. What a douche. That's yeah. what I thought. Well, how do we know? We don't know what she's like. You know, maybe she's, she deserves this. <laughs> I'm, just te- I'm just teasing. Yeah, obviously we find out she's not a bitch. I'm just saying. Like, it's just funny. You're horrible. It's just a terrible feeling when you first start this movie. You're just kind of like, why? Why would anybody do that? Right. That is way beyond, like, it'd be funny, like, if they went even further and, like, he beats the shit out of her. 
And then like they like rob her house and set it on fire, and then her friend helps her put it out, and they just like like act like nothing happened. You know, like ugh, silly boyfriends. Every it happens all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And meanwhile, she's got like a broken arm and like blood coming out of her mouth. <laughs> horrible and they put out the fire you know i don't know it just like that's the kind of thing it, it is is like that's the kind of humor this movie is yeah is that it's just like overlooks the most obvious like nobody would react this way right <laughs> so but i think they're just trying to set it up that she's like an overly nice person right that's she's why a she pushover. takes in the demon that's why she takes in the demons because right. of that reason takes a pushover to fall in love with yeah pretty much pretty much and he's not even a demon by the way, because we find oh, that out. Oh, he's cursed. Yeah, that's right. He has a curse on him. He's got the Pazatsky curse. He got cursed when he was like 14 or something. Which he meets that black guy on the street who's who's doing tarot readings. I I thought he was doing cards. He's like selling snake oil. Yeah, he but he's also, he's doing tarot. I thought the first time I saw him, right. I didn't, I think I kind of was like nodding off there for a second. This is why I watched it again. Right. Um. I think I was like, I thought he was like doing like, you know, we're like, pick the card, you know, like, <laughs> oh because God. that's popular in New York. You know what I mean? Like they do mm-hmm. that all the time. You see that in every movie, mm-hmm. you know, put $10 on the card that you like, you know, did you get it? Did you get it? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, he was doing terror readings and he's like, I don't want to, unless you have $20, I'm not going to tell you your fucking future. And then you kind of like, what, what, what's he talking about? Right. Because they, they don't explain that he's a psychic or a... Anything. Anything yeah. in the first time. Right. The second time they do. Right. Cause he w- and then also he, he whips out his portable, like, witchcraft, uh, you know, cast the spells thing. Yeah. It's weird. It was, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because he has, like... He has, like, a pentagram doorknob. He yeah. opens the door. He like, opens the door, and the doorknob is, a, is like, a, a crystal-handled doorknob, <laughs> and it spins. <laughs> and that's his, like... That's his fucking he's crystal like, ball. He's like, his shit's been tough, you know. Shit's shit's tough. <laughs> it's been hard lately. So he, uh, that's it. Shows like uh, when he goes back to his childhood, and I guess he was hanging out with his friends, and the girl wanted to kiss kiss him, and so he starts making out with this girl on the couch, and her mom or grandmom comes home, who is a fucking Romanian fucking gypsy, mm-hmm. who fucking places a curse on him, the Pazatsky curse. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, he can, he can, he's like, it's called, uh, what do you call it? Metaphysical blue balls or something like that. And that what the guy said. Something like that. Yeah. yeah he's like, oh, you got a, you got a case of metaphysical blue balls, magic blue balls, mm-hmm. something like that, <laughs> <laughs> which is stupid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. They don't really explain it. Like you really got to be paying attention to this movie. Yeah. And it's so kind of like the dialogue is so like Ugh, cringy. It is kind of like the fruit burger scene. Did you? No. Do you want, let's talk about the diner because that's where Lynn Shay is. Right. We see Lynn Shay. She's the, the waitress at this bar, at this health, health nut place. Mm-hmm. Which would be a vegan place. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's like this guy who's like sitting at the counter eating a pile of what looks like diarrhea. But it's just beans, I guess. And he starts eating it and he's all happy and he dies on it. Mm-hmm. And then I guess by the time she goes out to sit outside to eat her hamburger out on the New York sun, he's uh, being pulled out on a wheelchair and a, and a thing. Lynn Shea has already been like, I need a cobble cobble goobble gobble with the bed blah blah blue. <laughs> and she's like on the phone talking. It's like a really random 
Yeah, it was really random. It was not the best, but I guarantee you she did it for free or at least definitely for nothing. You know, like mm-hmm. he just needed somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're married, Bob Shea and her. So I mean, but that's when uh, she, that's how they meet, though. Yeah, that's how they meet. She's sit, she's sitting and she's eating on the thing, and then he comes up and he asks for food, and then I think she says no, and then he ends up just taking a bite. No, he she gives it to him eventually. Oh. She's like, okay. And then he does it. He spits it up on her. He eats it real fast and he spits it on her. And yeah. then she's like, what the fuck? And then she leaves and then he follows her. Right. And then she's like, leave me alone. Like a rapist. So he, <laughs> he follows her Jesus. home. And then he apologizes, you know, and then, it, and then he turns into a demon. Yeah. You realize he's not such a bad guy after all. But the funny, the fucked up. Not funny thing really is this dude's been following her and still continues to follow her even after she's gone home. She's yeah. literally made sure that he didn't follow her the rest of the day. Right. So that she could go back home. She even looks over her shoulder several times. Yeah. And when she does, guess who's there? It's Chip, mm-hmm. her ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And guess who saves her? The fucking rapist. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, not all rape. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, like, that's the 80s for you, though, man. You know, like, perseverance wins love, you know? Right. That's what they taught all these, like, a generation of guys that if you just keep pushing and you tell- Eventually, they'll have to fall. Every no means a yes, guys. Every no (laughs) means a yes. Sorry, I know that's not funny, but I'm just saying, like, that's what these movies really do. Yeah. So, but he saves her. They go up. They talk. They go on a- a montage date the next day mm-hmm. because she lets him stay at the house and it's like weird it's she's like i don't he tells her that he can't sleep or that they can't he gets these things these urges and so she's like well how about you just stay here and we just we just are you know like in a relationship but we don't do anything mm-hmm. he's like really like a boyfriend and she's like yeah and they go on the montage date and have the time of their lives Woo. yeah <laughs> Anyway, fast forward to the end, pretty much. There's this guy that they've been, uh, that's always like hitting on women in the bars, and his name is Charles, and he goes by Chucky, and he's so <laughs> fucking like nerdy and stupid. It's like the most. The, the stereotypical 80s nerd. Right. He's like, he's the guy that's like, you know, there's that, that Dave Chappelle joke that they used to tell that he used to say. He was like, you know, there's that guy that like was hit, hitting on some lady outside the fucking, outside of a fucking. <laughs> truck a uh-huh. garbage truck and she was walking down this lady was walking down the street she's like i saw this guy just hey pretty pretty hey pretty pretty to some girl jogging down the street in his garbage truck oh my god and he's like what is this guy thinking then eventually one time just he's like hey he's <laughs> like you know blue. 99 times out of 100 there's gonna be a fuck you get out of my face but there's gonna be that one lady who wants to fuck on a pile of trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's essentially the same thing here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but instead... He's always, like, hitting on the women, though, is what I'm saying, in that fashion. Like, hey, pretty, pretty, what are you doing? But instead, he is the one who has been going around uh, killing these women. Right. You would never suspect him because he's so... Nerdy. Such a nerd. And yeah. you wouldn't think that he's, like, the mangler in this movie. Yeah, you thought... They were trying to make it seem like the demon, but obviously it wasn't the demon. He, the chip guy was just, you know, he knew he get it blamed on him. Wait, the chip guy? What? Or Chuck? What's his name? Chuck. Chuck is the bad guy. Yeah. Kaz is the the the, the demon. Pazatsky the demon. demon. Yeah. 
Yeah. The Satan magic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so of course, Chucky takes Denny and he has to go save her from the castle in the middle of New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's even a place. Is that like a, a place in New I York? I don't think so. I couldn't find anything on the castle no, in that movie. They, I think they just probably wanted the scene in a castle. Yeah, it's funny because like he just like drives down a road and all of a sudden there's a castle. Like, Boom, there's a and castle. I'm like, uh, this is New York. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. This is a Wendy's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they go up and fight in the castle, and he changes into this horn demon, and they think he's so ugly, which I didn't think he d- he looked that ugly. Well, which? What do you mean, horn demon? Like which demon? The bad guy turns into a demon. He's, oh yeah, he turns into a demon too, and then they have like a demon face off. Right, but the only way that he can save him is if her friend Sonia, like, basically fucks him. So she basically rolls around in the grass with him to get him horny, so he turns into a demon. Stupid. And then like she sees him over the ledge doing this with the girl while the bad guy's like, Hey, can you want to watch a movie or something? Or you know, maybe and she's like, Yeah, that sounds great. You know, and she's like, Fucking son of a bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he goes up and they fight each other for a bunch and get he gets shocked by the 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 mangler demon mm-hmm. and it, it changes him back to human mm-hmm. pretty quickly. But so like Charles, the the mangler demon guy, before he changes, he starts shooting like like air out of his mouth, like he's blowing. Oh, off. it looked like Ghostbuster, right? And it was like kind of ridiculous, and he kind of like blows up the side of the fucking castle, mm-hmm. uh, Kaz does or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like she throws the fucking the Asmodeus dagger that she grabbed off the wall to kill Kaz earlier oh, with. That's right. And then he catches it and stabs him in the chest, right, in that spot. Right, very quick. And he's like, I can't believe you stabbed me. And then he explodes. Boom. For the second time, because the first time he explodes, he turns into the demon. Yeah, he turns into the demon. Which is kind of inconvenient if he's walking around in public and there's a big explosion. So that didn't make much sense. How those men are getting around without fucking notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if he explodes every time he changes, you know? Well, I mean, it is a movie. I know, but I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's, a, that's something they didn't think about, you know? Okay. They were trying to make it cool at the end, I guess, you know? By having a couple of explosions, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... By saving her, by doing something, he changes back to himself and he, he looks like a legit guy, not some like crackhead, you know, like <laughs> he like his like clothes are more 80s style. His hair is pushed back and he's got like long curly hair in the back. Mm-hmm. Kaz does, I'm saying. Oh, OK. Yeah. And then they end up like, you know, kissing in the window at the, at the in their Oh, that's right. And they're yeah. In her place. Right. And then end of the movie. So there Well, were, and then you see, that's when you see that the demon had jumped into the tarot the reading tarot guy. Reader guy. Yeah, the tarot reader guy. And he's running around yelling at women. Right. He's like, come back here. Oh, I think it was like one of the journalists or something like yeah. that outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got like red eyes. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. at first he's like, oh my God, it passed into, because the guy said it would pass into someone that was close to him. Well, the closest person to him is Denny. So mm-hmm. everybody's thinking we're, I was thinking, oh, it's going into Denny. But no, it didn't go into Denny. It goes into the tarot guy. That guy, yeah. I guess they had a love interest in each other. So maybe that's why. It, it derailed it. Best BJ ever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we do have another movie 
uh, to talk about. I would love to hear what you guys think of that movie. Did you enjoy it more than us? I would love. I mean, that's great. I would. I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it more than us. Um, that's the goal, right? It's to find something that you love, you know, even if we don't like it. So, but right. we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is, of course, The Vagrant with Bill Paxton. And uh, I did the work on this one. It's a rated R movie. By the way, the other one is rated PG-13 just for your interest. But it's a hard PG-13, by the way. Because they right. they don't have any... They have blood, but not a lot. It's And everything is changed into different color stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they get away with it. But this one, The Vagrant from 1992, rated R, is based on a businessman who buys a house. But has a hard time trying to get rid of its previous tenant. A dirty bum. Taglines... He's not just in your mind. He's in your house. And he's not home alone. That's the other tagline. So this is by director Chris Wallace, who actually is a special effects guru who worked on a ton of movies that he did special effects for, like The Fly, which is one of the movies that people say is one of the best remakes when they talk about the top three favorite remakes, which is The Blob, The Fly, and like... What's this 70s movie? The Thing. Those are the three that most people talk about. Mm -hmm. But they also have Dawn of the Dead, you know, added in there later on. But what movie were you talking about? It was a remake. It was from the 70s. I have no idea. We watched it last year and I'd never seen it before. I don't know. Never mind. Anyway, he also did Enemy Mine. He was the guy who designed the Gremlins, by the way. Oh. He also did Piranha, Airplane, Dragon Slayer, Return of the Jedi, Humanoids from the Deep, House 2, Curse 3. In fact, he did the effects on Fly the Remake and then was asked to direct the sequel, which I think isn't that bad. I actually kind of like it. It's got a lot of really good gore effects in it, too. Yeah. Fly 2 does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also did that one, and he so he directed Fly 2. And he also did Gremlin, A Puppet Story, which he directed. Uh, apparently, it was a, a documentary about gremlins oh. that I didn't see. I wanted to see it. I don't remember. I think it was like only in like festivals for a little while. Oh. So I'm curious if it's ever coming out. Anyway, this also has writer Richard Jeffries in this, who wrote the uh, horror movie Blood Tide, Scarecrows, Cold Creek Manor, Living Hell, and Man of the House, which is that... Chevy Chase movie with that kid who was in Tool Time. Mm-hmm. Tim Taylor's Tool Time. He was one of the kids in that show. Oh, okay. Uh, he was in that, and he's kind of like a bad kid, so it's like a silly comedy. Oh. Which, The Man of the House, I would say, its comedy is probably about the same, maybe less, in The Vagrant. Mm-hmm. The Vagrant's not as funny as that show, and that wasn't even all that great. But you can see that's probably some of the better comparison so some of the cast in it, obviously, we have late Bill Paxton, who plays Graham Krakowski, Krakowski, which I think that's what they were trying to say. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly, but sounds pretty close, right? It's supposed to be a uh, Czechoslovakian name oh, or something yeah, like Czech, that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he was in Aliens, Frailty, Twister, Brain Dead, one of my favorites, Near Dark, Weird Science. The dark backward. Titanic. Yeah, he was in everything. I, I just Apollo was, thirteen. I just found that out recently. That's why I had to say Titanic because yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You know. We also have Michael Ironside who plays Lieutenant Raff, who is in Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers, Scanners, Total Recall, Watchers, V, uh, the the TV show and the miniseries he was in. Mm-hmm. 
Visiting Hours, Heavy Metal 2000, and Turbo Kid, just to name a few. We also have Marshall Bell, who is the vagrant in the movie. He played, He was also in Starship Troopers and Total Recall. As a matter of fact, he played Quato, the guy with the half babies stuck to his stomach or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was also in Hamlet 2, Identity, Virus, The Puppet Masters, and many more. We also have Mitzi Capture, who is Edie, who is his girlfriend in the movie, briefly. She was a big part of Silk Stalkings, The Young and the Restless, Baywatch. She was actually in House 2 as her first feature film. And uh, she was a cowgirl at the Halloween party, I'm thinking. Oh. They just say, it just says cowgirl. And I'm like, wait, when there is there a cowgirl? Could have been either at the end of the movie or mm-hmm. in the party scene. So, anyway. We also have Colleen Camp, who plays Judy the Realtor. She was in Clue, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Wayne's World, Rat Race, Election, Last Action Hero, Daryl. She played the mom in Daryl. And in Police Academy, too. She was one of the uh, police officers. We also have Patrika Darbo, who plays Dodie. She was in Speed 2. She did the voice of the sheep and Babe. She was in Hatchet. She was the gnarly jaw-ripping scene lady. That's, like, amazing. It's, like, one of the best kills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this lady gets her jaw ripped right off by fucking Hatchet. It's amazing. She was in Dutch, Gremlins 2, The Burbs. Uh, we also have Mark McClure, who plays Chuck, who is uh, Graham's friend. He was in Back to the Future as Dave McFly, by the way, the older brother that you always forget. Oh. He's in it briefly in all the movies. Uh-huh. And uh, he was also in the Superman um, franchise, the Michael, or who would play Superman, the original Supermans? Christopher Reeve? Yeah, he was Christopher Reeve's Supermans. Ah. Uh. He was in all of them as Jimmy Olsen. I mm-hmm. think it was like his buddy at work. Oh, Okay. Um, he was also in the movie Python, Grim Prairie Tales, Used Cars, and he was also in two Freaky Friday movies. And I think uh, James Gunn brought him back, or somebody brought him back for one of the Superman movies, the newer Superman oh. movies, to put him in as a mm-hmm. kind of homage, you know, right. to the Superman films. Right. Also, we got Stuart Prankin, who is the boss. He was in Arachnophobia, not necessarily the news, which is a huge TV comedy show back in the day. He also did Congo, The Dirt Bike Kid, Mannequin, and Life Stinks. We also have Teddy Wilson, who plays X-Ray, who is in Good Times, Bound by Honor, Life Stinks, The Red Fox Show, The Sanford Arms, which was like the son of Red Fox in Sanford and Son. And it it was like a later TV show that they did called Sanford Arms. And then he was also in a big show called That's My Mama. He died of a stroke prior to this movie releasing, actually. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So the budget was $9,500,000 estimated. Oh, oh my God. I know, dude. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? This movie flopped for that. Yeah. It must have been a pet project for somebody. Yeah, that's a lot of money for 1992. that's a lot of wasted money, too, man. They probably have barely made their money back just now after all these years. Uh, This is a movie that only played in about eight theaters on May 15th of 1992. And it made about $6,000 overall. What did you think of this movie? Horror comedy? More like a next door app documentary. (laughs) Oh, God. Jeez. (laughs) And I only say that because, well, Bill Paxton plays a really great, like, paranoid guy. Yeah, his earlier stuff, like, acting-wise. What? No, I meant in this movie. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. His acting style in this movie is like earlier stuff. Oh, that okay. He did. I didn't know what you meant by that. Yeah, his earlier acting style, which is a little sillier. Right. Yeah. But he's paranoid about like homeless, the homeless people and stuff. And uh, but uh, but honestly, I said he plays a good paranoid guy, but I don't. I feel like it didn't really carry through the movie well. Right. Um, it was a little off. Um, not a great movie. It's kind of an annoying movie. Again. Didn't like the humor in this movie. It just, it didn't, it didn't register to me. I, I don't know. Visually, it was great. Yeah, the way it was well. shot, like mm-hmm. the cinematography was great. The shots were great. But the setting. The setting. Which is? Is in Midtown Phoenix. Yeah, baby. Yep. The, uh, yeah, and the house is still there that yeah. they shot it at and everything we'll talk about later. But that was interesting to, to figure out because I was thinking it was California. Right. But. Then I you, called it right away. Yeah, but then uh, the Arizona license plates and addresses and stuff started popping up. But yeah, that was interesting um, and great. Um, but again, it was like over the top. It was really corny to me. I did think uh, he did a good job on the special effects on the Vagrant. The Vagrant looked creepy yeah. and like vagranty. <laughs> There's gore in it. There is, which is okay, but it didn't really... It's more afterthought. Yeah, it wasn't... Some of it was in camera. It, it was kind of just a, it was just kind of an annoying film to me again. Right. Like, which this was a good pairing because they were both annoyed. <laughs> I don't know what right. else to say. But again, eh, I give it a four out of 10 too. Really? Is that too high? No, I think it's too low. I think it's, I think it's a better film because it flows better. Eh, but it's kind of boring. Okay. But. You're right. I'm not saying it's wrong. What did you think? Um. So I think you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. Of course <laughs> you kidding. do. No, I like this movie much better than the last one. Uh, if we're comparing, I think it definitely is a much bigger step over it in the filmmaking department. This is not an 80s film, so it's definitely it definitely feels like a 90s film. But definitely. some of the camera work reminds me of like Sam Raimi's style. Like They do a lot of really cool tricks and things in it. The cameras are like in weird angles and things to kind of give you... They're supposed to be done in a way that make you feel like there's odd shit happening and you're not supposed to know if it's a dream or in his head or what it is really because he keeps getting followed by this vagrant who is in and out of his house and in and out of his life and he all he wants to do is just start his new job and 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 work really hard and do well and marry his girlfriend and move into his house yeah he gets this new house american dream right and all of a sudden just things start falling apart and he is not used to that kind of thing because he kind of minds his own business and he's a paranoid kind of guy. So he starts to see this guy everywhere and it, it's it starts to become whether or not this guy exists or not or if he's manifested it in his mind and people start dying around him. So that's where the horror element comes into play for me mm-hmm. is that he's, you know, like you're not sure who's killing who. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, Paxton's performance and a lot of the other actors that are in this movie are, you know, they're they're definitely doing good acting. It's just the writing is not that fantastic. Right. The comedy is really void. Uh, it's one of those movies that reminds me more of The Dark Backward, which is a movie about a guy, Judd Nelson, I think it is, who is, is it Judd Nelson? Judd Nelson, yeah, who has an arm grow out of his back. Uh He tries to do stand-up comedy and nobody thinks it's funny. But as soon as he gets an arm coming out of his back, he becomes funny. And so it's this like... Okay. Yeah, it's... But the comedy... like So he's a comedian, right? And some of the comedy is supposed to be bad when he doesn't have the arm, but the comedy is supposed to get good when he has one, right? 
Oh, let me give you a hand. But none of it's funny. <laughs> it's just one of those cult movies that does things like, you know, mm-hmm. this movie does. And, you know, a lot of people really didn't like it. I think it is a decent performance, like I said, from pretty much everybody. There are a couple of funny, humorous things in the movie. Just nothing laugh-out-loud funny. Mm -hmm. I can watch The Burbs, which some people don't think is the funniest film. And I can laugh out loud because there's some really funny fucking moments in that movie. Mm -hmm. But there's also situational kind of weird humor in there, too. But this has only situational weird humor in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. It like needed something to kind of really make it fun. There are a couple of nods in the film to other things. Um, one in particular, we think we think there was a raising Arizona nod in this. Movie. Yes, there was slight. We can't. I couldn't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure we we both are. We'll mention it in the extras. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that's not going to appeal to a lot of different people. There's just not a lot here to have. I still appreciate some of what it did. And, you know, obviously, like she said, it's really well shot. There's some really cool stuff in it. But I don't know. I like seeing him act in his Wilder style. I just wish it was funnier. Right. You know, because when Paxton's funny, he he is funny. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of his my favorite performances is him in Weird Science being Chet. Oh, I don't. Which is like that annoying performance that is funny. Mm -hmm. You know, he gets turned into a big pile of shit like a frog. Uh (laughs) Anyway, this is not that movie. Okay, Weird Science is way funnier than this movie is. And it's stupid and cringy as well. But this one is just, you know, it just kind of happens. Things happen. It's like a happenstance film. You really never know what's going on at any point in time. We never get any backstory on this guy and his life other than he's working this job. It's a new job. He has a friend who sticks up for him. He has a girlfriend who lives out of town, who's moving in, and everything falls apart. And then he just kind of like ends up in some weirder situations in the middle of nowhere by mm-hmm. the end of the movie. And then it's just like, there was one funny part in the in the courtroom, I thought, but that was about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's. I still found that it flowed better than most movies, even if it didn't really kind of make sense or explain itself too well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, then I don't know. He just kind of is paranoid, even though we never knew why, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. there could have been something like in his past that happened that could have like, like oh triggered that yeah, paranoia story wise that they could have added in there to just kind of give us some like understanding of why he's acting this way or why he's letting the guy walk in front of his house and why he just believes it's in his head or anything. I wish they would have given a little bit more layout to the the neighborhood too, because they didn't really make it seem like it was like uh, like run down or anything. Right. I was like, what kind of neighborhood is this? Like, it is an old house in the middle of the city, city. So it's like, yeah, you know, like you can in Phoenix, but Phoenix is pretty widespread. So it's like, you know, yeah, you yeah, you'd have to know specific, and that's actually that's an upper class neighborhood right so to me i was just like why are they filming it there (laughs) because it has but at the time like i don't again i don't know how that neighborhood was so it's like if they would have given a little context to you know right well the neighborhood was run down or not technically the guy who wrote it was living in california so he wasn't writing it for phoenix oh yeah i know yeah i i'm i'm just saying like i don't you know i don't understand that neighbor like in the movie sure any more context to the neighborhood yeah I don't know. It's just one of those movies I wanted to see because I it's a cult movie. Mm-hmm. They're not always, you know, even when they're comedies, they're not always the funniest. You know, they're just like weird movies, you know, like, I don't know. So it is weird. It is a little. These are two very dry movies mm-hmm. um, for comedy, but 
I think this one flows a little bit better, so I want to give it like a five or maybe a five point five out of ten. You're wrong. Wrong. I think it deserves a little more because it does do something with the camera work and stuff, mm -hmm. just as the other one does a little bit more with the practical effects. But it would have been lower had it not been for those things. Right. So it's not a high watcher. It is definitely for people who have been down this road of looking for weird films and just want to watch weird films. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's no. not for the casual viewer. Definitely not. So if you don't like stuff like, you know, outside fringy shit, this is not going to be for you. But if you want to see a movie that Bill Paxton's acting weird and not so funny and there's like weird things that happen in the movie, check it out. Mm -hmm. You're not going to love it, but it's not that bad. So anyway, we do have some trivia on this. So what do you gave it a four? I gave it a five, maybe a 5.5. So about a four and a half to 4.75 from me, from us. But yeah, we do have some trivia on this one. This one has a little bit more than the oh, last good. one. so I can't wait. But if you don't want anything spoiled, you can check this one out. It's on Tubi, right? On Tubi, yeah, for yeah. free with uh, advertisements. So you can, you know, in, in the breaks. So, But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So we got Richard Jeffries, who basically based this character off a, a actual homeless person who lived in a vacant field across from the guest house. Uh, Jeffries was actually residing at in a studio city california at the time moreover the script jeffries wrote almost took 10 years to finally be made into a film wow so a long time yeah he probably was just like yeah something's not popping right yeah and they were like well maybe if we get wacky bill paxton in there you know wacky if we could do yeah i mean there's all those actors that are in the movie have done better stuff oh yeah totally you know like they're all like competent actors you know, right. It just didn't pan out. It just didn't pan out, yeah. The uh, SWAT raid scene took about three days. That, that was my favorite scene. Really? Mm -hmm. They drilled holes in the fences and mm -hmm. then, like, shot it up. Like, raided the house. Yeah, because he put up this alarm system, and he finds a Band-Aid pushed over it. And then he pulls the Band-Aid, and it sets off the alarm, and then they just start firing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So, apparently, it was 15 like 1500 bullet hits oh my god to set up all of which fired in less than one minute and it resulted in 10 seconds of on-screen time right that's how much they use right makes sense it's crazy that's pretty much it i mean i i, I looked for a couple of other things but really that is so mainly it. so i looked up the filming location and it is like it's so funny because they had film of now and 1992 from the movie it is Almost exactly the same. So there's an empty lot across the street. There's still an empty lot across the street. Yeah, that's what which, I was noticing. It looks like they've actually kind of built it up a little bit more, like they, they're ready to survey it or something, that like they've surveyed it. Oh, no, it. they probably just had to clean it up because they have to keep those clean. But if, you, if you've never been to Phoenix or if you've never lived in Phoenix, there's always vacant lots. It's really yeah, strange. They just Like, they just let them sit there. Whoever owns the land just, like, sits on it. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, it's very strange. But to have it sit there for this long, because I think that house was built in the 30s. So to, It still looks the same, too. It still looks the same. It's I mean, it's painted a different color. It actually looks a lot there's nicer. There's no garage on it now, though. Right. Right. Well, the, did this Arizona sun... Like, I don't know. I sometimes mean, you, you just can't. Maybe they made it for the movie. Maybe they made a garage for the oh, movie. Oh, they could have done because that. Because there's yeah. also a, a, a basement scene in this movie. And I was like, I don't <laughs> yeah, think there's th a basement there's in this. There's not a basement at the, in We that don't house. do basements out here, guys. No. I mean, there are some. 
Okay. Right, but it's really hard to dig into the yeah because you have to dig into the the land and it's really hard to dig through the R- desert. What ends up happening is is it's a very rocky land and when you are digging, dirt is easy to dig. But when you have it loaded with like boulders and rocks, yeah, and all can't. these scorpions like come out of nowhere. That, I don't stuff. think they're worried about that. You know, but, but, yeah, but when they're digging, it. it definitely does. You have to use different equipment, mm-hmm. and you have to have different people to do different things, and it costs more money. So it's like double the cost right. to dig a hole. So everything is just flat. Plus, it does rain a lot here. So well, no, no, no. When it rains here, it fucking like rains here. Yeah, that's what we I mean. are not built. For rain. So it's like you don't want to have a flooded basement either. If it, yeah. Because it, it does flood here because the land is so dense mm-hmm. and rocks and it's like it doesn't soak it up as great. Right. You know, so that's another reason. But just just some facts about Arizona, you mm-hmm. know. And if you dig, you're right, though. There are a lot of scorpions. Yeah. That will probably come out. And they get pissed because yeah. you're like disturbing their land. Imagine those guys on those on those equipment. You know? Yeah. Anyway. I watched the video. I can include it down below if you're curious. Uh, in the extras. oh, the shots you should, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody watch it. It's really, it's it was a cool video too because they did like a shot by shot, like the panning along with the shots of the movie. Yeah, he really did. Uh, yeah, from down Not the bad. street. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. They, I've seen other ones that do that here in Arizona. Like they they did one for the um for Bill, Bill and, Ted's. and Ted's. Yeah, might be the same guy. I don't even know. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, they did one for Bill and Ted's because, you know, there's like three different areas out here that they, there was Mesa, Waterloo, and then they did the, the Circle Sunsplash. K, which is, which is about a couple of miles and or two. And they really need to redo that Circle K one because the Circle K actually closed, which right. is weird. But uh, now it's a neighborhood market right? Uh, convenience store, which I think is pretty cool. And then there was Metro Mall up in, in uh, Glendale-ish kind of area. Yeah, that's gone. And they demolished, they demolished it. All the, they yeah. demolished the Mesa one, too. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. the malls are going away, guys. Except the mall by our house. Our mall is popping. Yeah, but that's a that's an, an outlet. outlet mall. Yeah. yeah that's, that's about the only thing kids are going to get anymore. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, like, hanging out at the mall. Oh, yeah. Going to the arcade in did. particular mm-hmm. because your mom would go shopping at the mall mm-hmm. and, you know, then you would go to the arcade. Mm-hmm. They'd send you to the arcade or in this case, the food court, the food court. And mm-hmm. they would do the ice rink, which it used to be an ice rink at Metro Mall. Oh, I never went there. So yeah, I'm they just had saying. an ice rink? It was an ice rink? Yeah, but they turned into a movie theater down oh, there. Oh, damn. If you ever been to the Metro Mall, it used to, used to take an escalator downstairs to the movie theater. And that's where the, the rink was. Oh, and they just built the theater over it? Yeah. Oh, strange. There's like a Mexican restaurant over top of that, too. Hmm. Used to be. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Not anymore. Yeah. It's all gone. Kind of wild. We old bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. Get off my lawn. So, I don't know. Seeing this movie was like, you know, like it just felt familiar to me. So, I was kind of like looking over his shoulder in all the scenes. I was like, I've been there. I've been there. I know that. I've seen that. That's why I knew. That's why I knew. <laughs> I said it first. I was like, that's Arizona. And you were like, nah, nah. Yeah, I thought it was California. You want to know why, though? Is one, because there was grass, okay? <laughs> Arizona doesn't do grass. And then there was palm trees. The whole People neighborhood have was grass. They just have to pay trees. for water a lot. Well, not anymore. They're not yeah. even allowing it now. Like, they're making people dig up their grass. Yeah. It's because it costs too much water. Yeah. yeah. We're in fucking droughtville, bitch. Yep. But yes, you were right. It was Arizona. That's right. Because it was on the license plates. Okay. I just get a vibe, man. When it's flat and it's like 
Because Arizona's pretty flat when it comes to like Phoenix. Oh, you mean like the grid? Like yeah, we have a grid. Whole, yeah. It's flat. Yeah, you're right. Because California, we do kinda... have elevation. And it goes up as further as you go north, but it's it's for the most part it's very flat and grid like. So, and I love the grid out here because you don't have to worry about getting lost. Right. Like if you, you you just make a right. Yeah, exactly. You just make right. You either go north or south, out. or you go west or east, and you figure it out somehow. You'll find a place. <laughs> so, but yeah. The homeless guy in this, I thought he did a really good job. I just don't think it was funny. How did he do a good job? All he did was scream. <laughs> he seemed very ominous, and he was, like, touching, like, his leg and shit, like, and, like, his hand was, like, all bubbled up. Oh, and when he was eating. Yeah, and it was just, like, kind of gross, and it was supposed, that's what he, his job was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And he was just supposed to kind of come in and out. Like, there was a couple of times where the dude just was in the house, and he was like, what, did, he didn't even say anything to him, which confused the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But I guess he was just scared of him? I don't know. I don't know either. There was the part where he finds the fingers in the basement. Yeah. And the guy's down there. He's like, ah! And then he just, like, slips out the side of the house mm-hmm. in some, like, hidden door. Like, this guy's, like, fucking the dude from Saul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how everything's set up. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time he wakes up, there's, like, a little bit worse going on in the house. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, the house was, like, he cleans it up. They show him, like, cleaning it up and, like, doing all this. And then eventually you see fish hanging from the hooks in the kitchen and and like there's trash on the floor and then he just doesn't do anything about it. So it's like really confusing what they're trying to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. And and he's reading this book the whole time that apparently the vagrant wrote at some point before his life spiraled out of control. Mm-hmm. And is like this mastermind of using fucking Graham as a way to fuck with him for some reason. And I don't know why. They never yeah, explain why? why he targeted him. Right. He, he does explain it at the end of the movie when he's like, sitting in the elevator or whatever he's mm-hmm. like and it t- i don't know i just feel like yeah it wasn't there was no explanation you need a little bit of like why yeah like for not just you know oh he he was just there yeah yeah i know there was that one part where you're like why is he sitting at the kitchen table and then he goes upstairs to check on Edie, and she's like in the shower and she's like what the fuck yeah there, there's a fucking killer downstairs he was like it's a homeless man don't be so fucking rude he needs more help than you yeah. You know, and it's like, he's like, but she's a fucking killer. And then she just leaves him over the right. whole fucking thing. Right. Doesn't even believe him. Like, what kind God of relationship God was he in? Goddamn liberal. He just, like, lets her walk all, he's just a walkover, too. So we have two walkover characters in two different movies in this movie, in this episode. Yep. So it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. The two main stars, too. I didn't think about it that way. Can I mention, in the beginning of the movie, when he's looking for houses, mm-hmm. and the houses were like, $80,000. watching this movie made what me angry. It triggered Yeah, it really did. I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, that's too much. He wrote that down. It was like 80000 He's like, that's too much money. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. That's... Oh. It definitely triggered me a little. You know, the five years before that, it was even cheaper. Yeah, I know. The fuck? <laughs> that's the worst part, is that that house that he got, that he looked for, like it was like 60000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been like forty. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And now... Yeah, they're like over half a million. Well, I'm going to look it up in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, the address is online. Oh, I didn't see the address. Yeah, you want me to give it to you? I'll give, I'll give you the address. Yeah, give me the address. All right, hold on. It's valued at $650,000. Yeah, that's what I figured. I figured it was at least Actually, 400 That's pretty cheap. I thought it would Dude, it's how many that. square foot is it? 
It's oh my god! It's a eleven hundred square feet. It's the same as us. square feet as our two bedroom house. Uh, it's three bedroom, one point seven five bathroom. See, no basement. But it's in the city. That's why. Yeah. It's prime real estate property, and it's an older home. I bet you if someone were to buy that, they'd probably demolish the house and just like buy the next properties over. No, no. It, you know, in the it it does have a guest house though. <laughs> in the back. Yep. Interesting. Uh, yeah. They probably use it. You could probably use it as a rental. Anyway. But yeah, no, that's interesting. I was curious about that. Everybody's like, okay, guys, what the fuck? This Sorry. Isn't, what is that fucking guy that does all the fucking real estate shit? The fucking podcast. Oh, Dave Ramsey? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so I don't know. It's it's interesting setting. I, I was kind of glad to see that for me. Like, we like watching movies that are in Arizona. There's really never been that many that are that good, to be honest, other than Raising Arizona, which barely does shots in Arizona. Like, it's like such an old time of right. Arizona and Tempe that you would not even recognize it. Like, mm-hmm. Tempe has been built up so much. Oh, my God, so much. Then. So it's, like, kind of wild. But we did see an, a Raising Arizona nod in the movie. There was a scene where when... Because, like, Graham eventually fucking gets in trouble because this vagrant guy is just killing everybody mm-hmm. around him. And he doesn't know if it's him or not. He even tells his best friend that he thinks he's the killer. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like, they find the realtor who finally comes over to fuck him, who has been trying to fuck him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they, they just kind of roll around on the floor. And the next morning he wakes up and there's a note from her with blood all over it. And it, and it said, he said, I, I adore you, Graham, or something like that in blood. <laughs> And then he's like, what the fuck? And then he calls the police to come over because he's always calling the police to come over. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got a security system and nothing seems to work for this guy. When they come over, they find the realtor in the fridge with her feet tied to her head in a bucket with her name in the front of it, like all perfectly (laughs) set up, like her head's been decapitated and like the, the, the vagrant's been eating her. Right. So, so it's like the, that's the meat that he's eating throughout the Which whole fucking gross. movie. He eats it gross too. Right. Yeah, but, that was one of my favorite scenes though, especially when they found her in the the refrigerator. The scene I'm talking about with with the raising Arizona though is like one where after all of this happens, he goes to court, and I'll we'll talk about that in a second. He leaves and he pulls up to a gas station in a the, station wagon. In a station wagon, right? And it's playing yodel like a uh, fucking that yodeling music that was in raising arizona exactly. it's, and not it the, w- it's not the same song i think it was it was not i looked it up oh okay. it is definitely not the same song but it is a nod and i guarantee you somebody had to th- have thought of that mm-hmm. while they were doing it right so it just seems like it to me anyway mm-hmm. uh well, like why would he be playing that music it's yeah. just so weird yeah exactly the only other thing is, like, he plays polka in um, Dark Backwards, Paxton does. Uh-huh. He has, like, a one of those things, the monkey things. <laughs> the, the accordion, sorry. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, there was a funny scene, like, after that, he goes to court, and his mom's on the stand, and he couldn't get a lawyer because his boss was going to pay for one. He got this raise and a promotion. His girlfriend leaves him. The, the the vagrant destroys his life, makes her leave, mm-hmm. kills the guy, the girl that he finally fucks just to feel good about himself. Right. He wakes up, goes to jail. The boss doesn't give him the lawyer because it looks bad. He doesn't want to be associated with the, a killer. Right. They go to court and they bring his mom on stage on the stand. <laughs> and the, the funny part, there was a funny part where the lawyer, he gets one of the, you know, district attorneys 
or no, not the district attorney. He gets one of the like. He he gets a lawyer assigned to him. Yeah, free lawyer basically, and he's like, "This guy's good." And he's talking about the lawyer who's about to put him in jail. <laughs> <laughs> prosecution. Yeah, the prosecution. Who they got his mom on stand, and they're like, "Listen, for a guy like Graham Krakowski, and uh, we have to know the history of Graham Krakowski, and and so you know there was true, ma'am, and they're talking to his mom." that Graham hurt and bruised this girl's arm at this party at Jonathan's party or something like right. that. And she was like, yes, but he was four years old. <laughs> <laughs> They're like using it against him. And she stands up and the lawyer and the judge is like, you're out of order, ma'am. You're out of order. And she has a heart attack and falls over. And you see one of the guys like pounding on her. She's like trying to give her CPR, but he's like pounding on her chest. Yeah, and the camera's from behind her head. So you see her legs up. It was a great it was, shot. It was a really great shot. There's some great really great shot. shots in it. But um, yeah, I don't know. And then when they when uh, she, she, they take her out, her the body out of the courthouse, and they just <laughs> the body just like slides on the the gurney like down the stairs. Right. So so they so this is the order it goes in. So after that happens, one of the jurors is like, "That poor man," you know that, and they're talking about Graham. Mm-hmm. So the jury he gets him off on all counts because they think he feels bad for him because his mother died in the courtroom mm-hmm. and they were using him to try to go back as far as four years old to find a character study about him or something. Right. And so they feel bad and they get him off on all charges. And, <laughs> and it, it, the, the journalist is talking to the camera and you're like, they let him off on all charges and his mother's being brought out right now. And you see her slide down the fucking stairs. And it's like, oh, that poor man, that poor Graham Krasowski. <laughs> he eventually has had enough. He just leaves. Yeah, that's when he gets in the station wagon and goes and goes to that gas station. But then he ends up at a trailer park Trailer park next sees, to a woman named Dodie. Sees that they're hiring a manager. So then he's like, okay, cool. I can live here and get a job. Thinks he, he he's still unsure if he's the killer or not. Because he never got that answered. So he, he asked the neighbor lady to to cuff him and let him out in the mornings but she takes advantage of him and gives him a blowjob and okay <laughs> then like i don't know how much time has passed because they never really allude to it but he's got like blonde hair and a mullet after this mm-hmm. and like they're talking about how he's this fetish where he cuts open her panties and and she finds them everywhere and it's like uh-oh is it the vagrant and then he hands him all the panties. She was like, anyway, none of my business what you do with your, you know, your weird stuff, sir. He's like, but here's the panties that she didn't want. And he opens up and he's like, ew. And then he hears the vagrant's music because every he- time he had a cart, he had like, you know, like a homeless person cart. And it would it would make this this like charm music, like, like a music, like, like a, a music box. box music. Yeah. yeah. So it was like he could hear it in the distance. And he was like, oh, my God, he's here. And then he wakes up and then like he's got blood all over him and a cleaver in his lap. And the blind guy who's running the the whole fucking uh, trailer, trailer park, park, who's his boss, is like feeling around doing his laundry. And he finds a dead dog, his seeing eye dog. He feels him like tied up to that thing. Right. And then, of course, goes out, has a heart attack in the middle of the road. And you get, they go out and they're like, did you kill his dog? Like, what the hell? No more killing. And then he just like freaks out and like drives off into the middle of nowhere and has like a hallucination where he wrecks his car and flips it or something. Mm-hmm. And then when he wakes up, the vagrant's in his car. Right. And they like uh, 
fight in some fucking open building like in the middle of nowhere next to this diner it's like a like a cave mining fucking like attraction or something like that that used mm-hmm. to be up that they closed down. I mean, Arizona's a big mining area. Right. So I don't know where they're at, but, you know, they could be anywhere. Right. Because there's copper, silver. I don't think there's any gold out here, though. Right. Well, it's superstition. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's like superstition hidden treasure gold. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But the movie ends. He basically like gets in a fight with him and the two police officers just happen to be at the diner. <laughs> right next to where they're fighting. How and, convenient. Yeah, the car explodes because the, the vagrant tries to set it on fire. And then the, the main lieutenant finds him wrestling the vagrant in this in the uh, attraction. Mm-hmm. And then thinks he's got Kowal- Krakowski because he thinks he's the killer. Mm-hmm. But the vagrant comes up behind him and stabs him. With a chair leg. Yeah, three chair legs. Yeah, with the chair legs. Through the back and out the front, which was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then he dies, and then his partner comes in with and with a gun. And they're like, he's like, which wait, who's the killer? Who did that? <laughs> and he's like, and they're both like, he did. <laughs> which is so stupid. It is stupid. And then it's like, then he fucking goes. He had taken a picture while he was like killing the police officer. Oh, that a Polaroid picture. Yeah, he took a Polaroid somehow. I don't know why. He just had it. So he shows it to the cop. And then the cops, like, shoots the fucking vagrant. And he falls over the railing like Halloween. Oh, okay. And he falls, his eye falls onto a cactus. And it gets all milky. Yeah, the milk comes out of his eye. squirts out. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So then he ends up buying another house. Right, and it's because because the, the, the police officer is telling him outside, he's like, you know, this guy's wanted in, like, 19 different states for killing 19 different people or something like that. And he Mm -hmm. said five of those people have awards. So you may be able to get the awards for all of those. Oh, yeah, that's right. And live a pretty cush life after this, you Mm -hmm. know, so it might not be so bad. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. And then you see him buying a house. And then the sink is dripping. And then he hears the cart music. And the sink. Well, no, the sink triggers him. Yeah, because the he, sink was dripping. Yeah, because it did and in the original house. The cart, yeah, the cart music. I didn't hear the cart music. Yeah, the cart music started playing after he saw He looked over all intensely at the sink dripping, and then the cart music started playing. Yeah, so he's just That having, was the ending. It's PTSD or something. Yeah, it's PTSD. There's no way he's back after that. Oh, no way. Not after Milky Eye. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he, he will turn into the Vagrant. Yeah, right? There you go. Vagrant 2. Yeah, maybe that's Electric the, Boogaloo. The, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's an okay movie. Like again, it's shot well, but it's just it's just kind of boring, you know. It's boring. But, you know, cool was, house, I'm though. glad we got to watch them at least though. Mm-hmm. I'm just also kind of glad I didn't buy them because Right. Although I would I I would say that eventually if I saw this on cheap, I would pick it up. Mm-hmm. Like if it was like 5 10 bucks. Mhm. I saw it at a store, you know, somewhere in that price range. Same thing with My Demon Lover. I'd probably pick it up. Mm-hmm. So these are the kind of movies that get lost in the shuffle. Right. You just never really see again. Mm-hmm. There's like another movie called like my or Demon Cop that only came to VHS. Very limited number of copies. And you can watch that. I've been thinking about watching it, but man, does it look boring. Oh, it's another love ooh. story. <laughs> oh, God. But it's like done like without like the people don't know what they're doing, how they're shooting. It was like a really... Mm-hmm. thrown together projects so but i love shit like that you know right. i like to just i like to own stuff that is weird you know mm-hmm. because 
If you've never seen it, you'll remember it, even if you don't love it. So, but yeah, next week, we're going to be doing some fun things. Do you know what we're doing, Christina? You want to tell them? Uh, actually, you, I wrote it down on your sheet. Okay. So we're going to be doing Messiah of Evil from 1974. It's on Prime Video for free. Uh, it's also on Pluto TV, so it's one of those ones that might have ads. Just, just FYI. Right. Um, we also have Fear No Evil from 1981 by Frank LaLoja. That one also is on Prime Video and Plex. So if you have a subscription to Plex, I, I don't really know how Plex works. I think Plex works like Pluto. Is it? It's free. I thought it was like on demand. Is it? Oh. Is it on demand or do they just have streaming? Is it free on demand? I don't know. I just know that a lot of people use their illegal downloads on Plex a lot. I don't know. That's just where it was, okay? <laughs> That's where the movie well, is. Well, then if you know it, then you know it. But uh, otherwise, it's on Prime Video. So. But yeah, Messiah of Evil and Fear No Evil. Haven't seen these movies. And if I did, I might have seen Fear No Evil. But they look kind of wild and interesting. So don't know what to expect. But, you know, we like to go down the rabbit hole and see what it is. Uh, I think I showed you the, the, the trailers to these. I think I? so. It's been a while, but yeah. So expect a, a lot of videos up this week, guys. If you can, check out the YouTube. Give us some support there. But yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming by this week. We really appreciate it. We'd love to hear your thoughts on both of these movies. If you've seen them before, are you a fan of Bill Paxton? Did you think this is a pretty bad performance on his part? Or was the movie just written poorly? Like, what did you think of the My Demon Lover? Like, what uh, what did you think of that? Other than that, thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always, Long Live the Void.